Why We Hate Salesmen and Love Dentists. My friend, Dr. Neki Jamal, the owner of Wayside Dental Clinic in Lloydminster, Saskatchewan, said in a recent white coat ceremony, hold yourself accountable for your actions. Your actions can change another person's life forever. $250,000 of lumber per year. My wife, Karen, was a CEO of a company that manufactured and installed doors and railings. This business required $250,000 of lumber per year. This was a large portion of overhead for a company with gross revenue of $1,200,000 per year and 18 employees. More important in this ultra-competitive business was being able to maintain a high-quality product with a reasonable price. It was well understood by this manufacturer that high-quality product for their customers required high-quality materials. In order to remain competitive, Karen explored various suppliers. It'd be important to keep the costs low, and there were many lessons learned that we can apply to any business, in particular dentistry. Based on the advice of a very aggressive and a price-oriented salesman, Karen switched her suppliers. In short order, the company had issues. The quality of the lumber cost the company manpower as people had to spend time sorting through their lower quality product to find the better pieces for the job, devoid of blemishes and warping. This took more time to do the same job and eliminated the material savings because the labor costs increased waste. The employees were frustrated as the less expensive product resulted in an end product that didn't truly reflect the skill of the craftsman. So in dental terms, the fillings basically fell out using the inferior product. The customers would complain about the workmanship and write bad reviews and wouldn't give recommendations that were so badly needed. This is not necessarily what happened to this business, but it does happen to businesses with compromised workmanship and caused by materials. It wasn't necessarily the skill of the worker as much as the compromised materials that ended up with that result. When Karen approached the new supply company about the quality of the materials, she had a tough time getting the salesman out to the shop to see the issues with the product. He could come when he had time, which ended up being three weeks later. When he did stop in, he dismissed the product issues, instead focusing on the purchase price and seemed annoyed with Karen that she hadn't ordered again from him, stating they told him they would have high volume orders yet had not ordered beyond the first shipment. Instead of listening to the concerns and offering advice on how to fix the problem, the entire focus of this salesman was about how they were saving money for the customer and that maybe they should even buy more of this cheap product. It was all about the price, price, price and sell, sell, sell. This aggressive cocky salesman attitude wasn't winning Karen over at all. They also wouldn't take the product back. This rep didn't even know the difference between the different types of product that they were actually selling. They didn't know how to judge a good product from a bad or how that product might affect the craftsmen or the machines that they use to work with materials. All that salesman knew was how cheap they could sell their inferior product and didn't know anything about their product. They did not offer solutions of what Karen could do to help her customers. To the rescue. A call to the experienced 
older and slightly more expensive company that Karen worked with yielded results. The humble and appreciative rep came and offered ideas. They were able to provide solutions that helped Karen and the business and her skilled craftsmen gain an even higher market share. Working together, they reintroduced the high-quality products and identified opportunities for the business to grow. Using the skill of the craftsmen, the rep offered ideas that would help expand the business, make the craftsmen and the business more productive. Despite the slightly higher cost of materials, Karen was relieved. The company came up with solutions and helped her by storing large quantities of materials and helped keep the price lower. They delivered on demand. They offered extended terms for the larger purchases. They were always willing to exchange product that wasn't used for a job or had quality issues. The rep that she dealt with understood the product well enough to make advised and consultive advice. This rep was always appreciative of Karen's business. He was humble and sincere and quick to respond to all questions and concerns, even when it was difficult. He was knowledgeable about his products and always informed her of the special deals. More important for the business, the employees were, the employees were happier. They were more productive having better quality materials and less time wasted sorting through their defective lumber. Happy employees are productive employees. Less time dealing with defects is more time being productive, and time is money. So while ultimately the sale price lumber costs less to purchase and seemed like a good deal at the time, there truly was no cost saving to the process as production was slowed, and the difficulties dealing with the rep were frustrating and time-consuming, and quite frankly, annoying. The whole experience points to the core of why we all hate salesmen. The salesmen that only have their own agenda in mind. These people do not listen and do not learn and do not have the time of day for people if you don't fit into their agenda, if they don't have something to personally gain. They have very little interest in what your personal goals are, what your business goals are. Instead of finding solutions and helping you to grow your business, they just go to the lowest common denominator, price. Volume. The race to the bottom of our industry begins with shitty salesmen. And yet, we are all salesmen. Why people hate or love the dentist. Overtreatment. Billing practices. Lack of empathy. Lack of skill. When you've been in the business as long as I have, you recognize that many leaders in this business, it's a blessing to work in an industry where the majority are doing the right thing. There are, however, some that seem to have the wrong intention, driven by the money and the profit and only considering the gross profit as a measure of success, the bottom line. What about the patient? Do you think they really care about the gross profit? Has this become the focus of our business more than actual treatment? If you want to see some of the unhappiest people, there's usually an underlying cause. These people really and rarely feel good about themselves as they know they're actually helping their customer or patient get better, feel better, accomplish a healthy, beautiful smile, not because it helped pay the overhead, not because they had to pay the rent, 
because the purpose, their why, was to be excellent at what they do and to give their gift back to the people that they work hard for. The team with these people share the purpose and goal of becoming excellent at providing solutions. Let's relate this to your profession and my profession as a dental salesman. A dental salesman will tell you that you should buy his supplies because he is cheaper. They may even sell you like and kind materials, but are they actually there to support you and help you find the solutions you need for your business? Did they take the time to learn their products and techniques that will help you become a better provider? Did they hear your concern? Wasn't really the 6.2% you spent on supplies compared to the turnover of employees, the 35% spent on labor and the struggle to deliver a higher standard of healthcare? Did you hear or did he hear how badly you need a good hygienist and production is down? That they need more patients to come in the door and they need to fix the scheduling? There's too many people not showing up for appointments? Did he listen and help you to fix that? Did that salesman provide materials and techniques that made your days more productive and resulted in a more predictable outcome for your patients? Do they even know anything about the supplies you're actually buying from them outside of the price? Did your salesman offer to provide a treatment plan that will help you accomplish your goals? help you think outside the box and give you creative ideas to help your business be better, to help you provide a higher level and standard of care? Do they make your craftsmanship shine brightly, help you retain and afford to compensate the brightest and best team members in the industry? Do they help you provide a business that's delivering the type of end product you want to be proud of and that's profitable? Let's talk about the salesman dentist now. In your profession, the salesman dentist may tell you treatment that you will need to have done, that every small hole is a cavity and we're going to need to fill it because it's going to just get bigger anyways. The salesman dentist is thinking about how they can outperform their peers by selling more dentistry, getting it done quicker, finding cheaper materials and drive profit on the bottom line. They're concerned about their expenses to the nth degree and focus on fast and cheap And you know that saying about good and fast and cheap. You cannot have good and fast and be cheap. You can't be good and cheap yet be fast. You can't be fast and cheap and be good. It does not exist. These salesmen dentists, they need to increase their earnings so that EBITDA is high and they can get higher sales prices for their practice. The focus isn't necessarily on providing the highest level of care, as much as providing the greatest volume of care in the most profitable way. Sounds kind of corporate, doesn't it? At the end of the day, you can't pull the wool over a consumer's eyes. Oh, by the way, if you flinched on that, I'm sorry. That is not all corporate that thinks that way. You're a consumer. You know exactly those people. We all feel the same, and we hate to hear that anyone in our business is not acting with the most sincere intentions. Overtreatment is a salesman telling you you need a CBCT when you have no idea how to use one, but it sounded good at the time. He's probably a fantastic salesman and gave you every reason, and yet you have no clue on how it's going to benefit your practice, and he doesn't either. For a dentist with overtreatment, it's an abundance of root canal, a crown, when the tooth is just beyond saving. 
billing practices is equivalent to a salesman giving you a good idea to get in the door, a good deal on the cotton rolls, and they're in the door, and then they make it up on something else that they sell you. That's their billing practice. At the end of the day, they have this high gross profit margin, but at least they got in the door. It's like a salesman dentist sending an insurance company their invoice for treatment that may not exactly match the treatment that the insurance company thinks that they're actually paying for. Or maybe some of that billing practices was unnecessary. Lack of empathy. It's a salesman getting a spiff for selling a shit ton of goop and not worried about when it expires before the customer has a chance to use it, but then getting a, a trophy for it. A lack of empathy is a dentist. I use poor quality materials on a patient that came in for an emergency they may never see again. But if they do, there's a root canal crown waiting for that tooth. A lack of skill is a salesman who doesn't know anything about the materials that he's selling and providing. They just know how to make it cheaper. A lack of skill is a dentist who went to a weekend course and is now performing major surgery. We all know that salesman, car salesman, who only has time for you and his hand extended as long as he has something to gain, does not want to watch you kick tires. In our profession, we take a lot of time to care, to properly diagnose and treat people with long-lasting solutions. We don't need these bad seeds. We need to continue to work together for the right reasons. My friend Neki gave a speech, uh, white coat ceremony 2020 for the U of S graduating class. Anyways, uh, on my blog, I have a little snippet of his video and what he says. I think my friend Neki approaches life with an attitude of gratitude. This life is all about gratitude. Being given the opportunity to help improve other people's lives. This business is filled with altruistic people on your end and on my end. We all have an approach that can help patients get healthy and stay healthy. I can make an endless list of friends in this business that I'm proud to associate with. Every one of you listening to this, I'm proud that you're taking the time to listen. And maybe we agree on a lot of these findings. The following ideas are a summary of some of the most successful clinics I've evaluated over the last 36 years. Principles that many of these amazing people in our business follow. All these ideas are gleaned from my wife, Karen, and her experience with two different salesmen and then transposed for the purposes of this podcast. Number one, modesty. Being good at what you do is important, but approach with the right thought that your patient doesn't know what you know or your customer doesn't know what you know. In order to earn the trust, you must be able to talk on their terms. You have to listen to what they have to say. As much as you want to show your skill, the modest approach will help them trust you so you can get to the point uh, where you do in the number two thing. Karen's first rep was full of arrogance. He told her what she needed to do. He didn't listen to what the problems were. He provided their treatment plan for his business, which ultimately failed as Karen went elsewhere to another supplier. It wasn't about the price, dude. Number two, skill. It takes time and continual improvement. It takes modesty, number one, as you will fail. Skill is about failing and then learning and then getting better. Get good at your profession. Practice it. Learn from your mentors. 
advance and challenge yourself. The more you learn, the better you're going to get. The better you get, the more you realize that you can never be good enough. And so with experience, you start to learn modesty and skill. Karen's approved rep understood understood what the person she ultimately chose. He knew the difference in quality and how it would affect her business. Number three, experience. This is about your patient experience. Providing an exceptional experience for your customer or your patient is important. This comes by having the right people, the front end who answers the phone and can answer questions, book for efficiency, the assistant who makes the patient feel most comfortable and happy and then turns over the operatories quickly, on time and keeps it looking amazing, the hygienist that performs a comprehensive, comfortable treatment The patient feels special. They feel important. Their time is valuable. You're respectful of their time and you provide services based on this assumption. What can you do today to help your patient spend less time in your chair and get a healthier smile in a shorter amount of time? Gratitude. Ultimately, your patients and your team came to you for a reason. It's likely a combination of your modesty, your skill, and the experience at your office. Every day that you have an opportunity to work with people that trust your abilities is a blessing. As Necky says in his speech, in the white coat speech, think big beyond yourself and beyond limitations.